What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Condition, going solo tonight. Um, Devin's just a little preoccupied and uh, didn't want to take him away from that. So you're just going to hear me today. Going to be a little bit of a faster episode. Uh, not going to review the NFL. Uh, didn't really get a chance to watch all that much just because of my work schedule. But I did get a chance to watch a lot of college football in week 11. So we're just going to kind of run through some of those games. You know, the top 25 like we normally would. Before I get into that, just want to remind everyone that this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Don't forget, use the promo code BIGSHOTS to get 10% off your next order. Built Bar, they're really good protein bar. It tastes just like a candy bar. You're going to absolutely love them. So let's take a look at the top 25 games from week 11 last week. Uh, there was a lot that kind of went wrong uh, in college football in terms of cancellations we didn't get alabama lsu we didn't get um missouri versus georgia no a&m versus tennessee ohio state maryland was canceled uh coastal carolina versus troy auburn mississippi state that's been postponed um so yeah it was a bit of a mess the pac-12 had a sunday morning game because cal had their game canceled ucla had theirs so they kind of conjoined, faced off Sunday uh, morning, 9 a.m. local time, noon Eastern. It was a mess as my Golden Bears got stomped, and that's the last I want to talk about that. So let's get take a look at the games that happened last week in the top 25, starting with Cincinnati just absolutely steamrolling Eastern Carolina. Uh, sorry, East Carolina, not Eastern Carolina. But uh, Desmond Ritter, 24 of 31 for 327, three TDs. Um... Cincinnati's legit, and if there ever was a year um, where they belonged, where like one of those uh, group of five teams could actually feasibly make the college football playoff, this would be the year, but it's never going to happen, and we kind of just have to accept that. Uh, down day from Jared Dokes, the uh, running back, 13 carries, 52 yards. Ritter, again, showing his, his uh, dual threat ability. Uh, eight carries, 75 yards, and another touchdown. Uh, yeah, Desmond Ritter, he's not going to go round one. He's probably not going to go round two. But if you need a developmental quarterback in round three, uh, you can definitely do a lot worse than Desmond Ritter. And then that defense for Cincinnati, uh, just so damn good with guys like Javon Hicks, um, um, Ahmad Garner. Um, they've got MyJ Sanders, the edge rusher. Uh, they're just kind of loaded. Um, they're really good. James Wiggins, the safety, who I believe has accepted uh, his senior bowl invite as of now. So, uh, yeah, Cincinnati continues to roll. Uh, I mean, this one was never in doubt. 55-17. It was 38-10 to at halftime. Uh, that's when you kind of knew this one was over. Uh, Boston College. I thought that they were going to compete with Notre Dame. I thought that they were going to, you know, Give Notre Dame a you know uh, a push, possibly even pull the upset, but at the end, Ian Book he had another good game, uh, twenty at twenty seven, two eighty three, three touchdowns, another eighty five yards on the ground, and another touchdown. Notre Dame, it's death. I heard it uh, from uh, Barrett Salee, it's death by a thousand paper cuts with them. Like they get going, and then before you know it, they're up big on you if you don't you know if you're not able to contain it. And Phil Dracovic pitched, uh, you know, picked a bad day to have his worst game. 18 of 40, 272, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, Boston College, I mean, they're now, I think they're 4-4? Four 4-4 four? 
five and four. Um, you know, great first season for Jeff Atley. It's just how how sustainable is this? And Notre Dame, they're they're going to face Clemson again. We all know that they're going to face Clemson in the ACC championship game. I think that with a healthy Trevor Lawrence, that they're not going to be in contention for a uh, a college football playoff spot. But you never know. Um, this kind of proved to me that like this. I mean, Boston College has caught teams sleeping. So Notre Dame being able to beat them was big. Speaking of teams that have kind of caught, you know, ranked teams sleeping, I thought Arkansas was going to give Florida a bit of a fight. Uh, that did not happen. Caltras, 23 of 29, 356, six touchdowns. Uh, yes, uh, as it was pointed out, it is Arkansas. It's not exactly like they're going up, a great, uh, up against a great defense. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, Felipe Franks, he had a good game too. He, you know he wanted to, to kind of get back a little bit, at, at, you know, at Florida. Um, obviously he transferred, uh, to Arkansas this past year, uh, 15 of 19, 250, two touchdowns. He's doing pretty well. Uh, listen, I don't think Felipe Franks is setting the world on fire, but he may very well sneak into being drafted and, you know, given where his draft stock was coming into the year, um, I would say that that's a pretty good turnaround. Uh, big story from this one was, uh, the breakout game for Trayvon Grimes, almost said Trayvon Diggs. Um, but yeah, Trayvon Grimes, six catches, 109, two touchdowns. Kadarius Toney, seven catches, 57 yards. He's, these are two guys that have really upped their stock. And it's, it's definitely helping a little bit that uh, Cal Pitts is in there to take a lot of targets. And it really helped Cal Trask because he didn't have to, you know, uh, he could show he could do it without Cal Pitts. Um, the running game for Florida, still not really there. Um, running game for Arkansas, not really there either. Uh, outside of uh, Trail on Smith with a couple of big runs. Uh, Rakeem Boyd, 12 for 56. Uh, this Gators defense, which is not that great, was able to slow down a pretty decent Arkansas offense. It's not, again, outstanding, but, you know, they did just enough to uh, win comfortably. This is one where I was watching it um, very closely. Uh, as it was going on, it was Miami on the road against Virginia Tech. I figured if Virginia Tech pulled the upset, I wasn't going to be surprised over Miami. Uh, Virginia Tech was actually the favorite at home. Um, and they came very close, but they just kind of failed down the stretch. Uh, Miami takes this one 25-24. De'Eric King, 24-38, 2.55. And a touchdown, Cameron Harris, 14 uh, for 63. That's not the big takeaway from this game. There are two takeaways uh, from this game. Uh, one is that Christian Derrissaw, you've heard this name a lot on this podcast. My guy, Christian Derrissaw, the left tackle for Virginia Tech, completely took Quincy Roche out of the game. Um, Roche had nothing going against uh, Derrissaw. And even on his with his reps against uh, Jalen Phillips, he looked pretty well. Uh, but Jalen Phillips, on the other hand, going up against the right tackle, he found a ton of success. Uh, Phillips had uh, four and a half tackles for loss and two and a half sacks, all of it coming against the right tackle. Um, Phillips, again, only had like 10 games of, uh, of, ga- of tape coming into this season. And, uh, well, he's fit in really well with Miami opposite of Roche. So it's been interesting to watch. But, yeah, Christian Darasaw, I think... Every week that goes on, 
there's less of a discussion about who the second best tackle on the class is after Panay Sewell because I think it's Christian Derrissaw. And that's not me being a homer. That's just watch the tape. He's that damn good. Um, but yeah, Virginia Tech now 4-4. Four and four. I think they've lost three in a row. You have to wonder how secure Justin Fuente is because this team... There's been a lot of demoralizing losses in this, you know, uh, this season. You know, couldn't get, you know, the horrible loss they took to Liberty. This one that they collapsed late. Like, at what point does Virginia Tech realize that they can be doing better than Justin Fuente? This was the one that I watched live uh, for the noon slate. It was number ten Indiana um, on the road against Michigan State, and I'll tell you. The first half of this game was great because Indiana got off to a big lead. They got a great start. Michael Penix was finding Ty Freifogel early and often. Freifogel, 11 catches for 200 yards, two touchdowns. Penix had 320. Both of those touchdowns going to, to Freifogel. Stevie Scott got in the end zone. And then halftime came, and this game just didn't matter to either team because 24-0 was the halftime score. It was also the final score. Uh, Michigan State, just embarrassing on offense. Um, you know, the defense is okay. Got a couple of interceptions. But, man, whether it was Rocky Lombardi or the, uh, what was the name of the kid that came in and took over for him? I haven't drawn a blank on it, unfortunately. Uh, Peyton Thorne, yeah, he wasn't any good either. Uh, man, Michigan State's bad. They're bad. They may have beaten Michigan, but that, that don't exactly mean anything right now. Whew. Yeah, Indiana, uh, they got a big test coming up this week. That's going to be against uh, Ohio State. That's going to be a game I can't wait to talk about to you guys later this week. Oregon versus Washington State. Um, Oregon just kind of another relatively dominant win. They win 43-29. My guy, C.J. Verdell, 18 carries, 118 and a touchdown. Um, that quarterback, I think his name's Tyler Shaw, uh, 21 to 30 for 312, excuse me, four touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Jalen Red, the wide receiver for Oregon, five catches, 99. Um, you know, Oregon's not as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, must see this year because you're not having, a, you, you don't get to watch uh, Panay Sewell do his thing, which is, well, honestly disappointing. Um, you know, Wish that we had seen him, uh, and, um, you know, wish we had gotten to see him, but obviously, you know, doesn't really need anything to show, uh, doesn't have anything to show, sorry, that's, that's the phrase I was going for. It is 9 p.m., and I am, uh, dead tired after a long day at work, so just bear with me, guys, uh, phrasing is gonna be a little bit tough tonight. Anyways, uh, yeah, like, they're not as much C as we'd kind of hoped for, but Oregon's probably still going to win the Pac-12 pretty comfortably this year. Washington State, they're still kind of figuring out this new offense with this new coach. Uh, they didn't have um, Max Borgie. Um, he hasn't played in either of the games, I don't think. Uh, but they got a decent quarterback that's kind of doing the, a serviceable job, Jaden Delora. Uh, and they got a nice receiver in Renard Bell. So, you know, they'll they'll put up points. Um, but they're just probably, you know, going to do the Washington State special and just not win a lot of games. Speaking of winning relatively comfortably, uh, Wisconsin just destroyed Michigan. Uh, this one was over before it ever really got started. 
Uh, who replaced Joe Milton with uh, Shea Patterson is what I want to know. Because he looked bad. He looked very bad. His first two uh, throws on the day were intercepted. Uh, and hell, Graham Mertz didn't really have that great of a game either. 12 for 22 for 127. Uh, it had a lot to do with the fact that uh, Wisconsin through a bevy of different running backs, uh, 51 carries for 341. Yes, Michigan just got run over in every sense of the word. Um, yeah, there was this game was completely uninteresting. Uh, I recorded this one, sat down to watch it, and I think I gave up at halftime because I just I did, this game was still going on while I was watching it, but I was behind. And when I hit halftime, I looked at what the score was, realized Michigan stood no chance, and just turned it off and went to bed. And uh, Michigan went to bed probably about three or four minutes into this game. This this one was embarrassing. Uh, yeah, Michigan, they're just, they're not looking good this year at all. At least they get Rutgers uh, this week, so maybe they turn it around. But, I mean, I would not count on it. They, they just look bad. They get Rutgers and Penn State in the next two weeks, so maybe they put together a couple of wins. Or maybe they don't. It's, it, it's embarrassing. Now, speaking of Penn State, they got just uh, destroyed. Uh, yeah, Penn State's just bad. Michigan's bad. Uh, Minnesota's bad. Why are all the teams we thought were going to be good in the, uh, in the Big Ten just awful? Moving on, that's a question for a different time. Uh, yeah, number 16, Marshall, uh, beats Mid-Tennessee State, 42-14. to uh, This was the anniversary of the uh, Marshall plane crash. Uh, I love the, the black jerseys that Marshall had for the game. And uh, they just went out and whooped on Mid-Tennessee State. Uh, Grant Wells, 25 of 37, 336, five touchdowns. Uh, Marshall's good. They're really good. Again, another contender to potentially be in a New Year's Six uh, bowl game. They're ranked 15th in the country. Um, I think, yeah, they were 16th last week. They went up to 15 this week. Again, you know, New Year's Six or sometime around there, maybe get a you know bowl game on New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, they're they're a solid team. That Grant Wells kid, the true freshman, he's gonna be someone to watch going forward. Um, you know. Solid young player. We'll have to see how he develops over time. Uh, moving up next, we have number 19 SMU dropping one on the road to Tulsa. Tulsa has given teams fits this year. Look at uh, the game against Oklahoma State, which is their only loss. Um, yeah, they beat, uh, at the time, ranked 11th UCF. Uh, they crushed USF, beat ECU. Uh, and then came out beat SMU. They've only played five games uh, just because of, I think, COVID and hurricanes. Um, but yeah, the Mustangs kind of looked a little bit out of their depth. They lost 28-24. Um, you know, Zach Smith, the quarterback for Tulsa, 26-38, uh, 325, three touchdowns. And Keelan Stokes put up 122 yards um, receiving. You know, Tulsa, they're not ranked. Uh their path to, well, okay, sorry, they're, they, they don't really stand much of a chance in the AAC. But they're just a really fun team, and, and you can't really overlook them because they will make you pay for it. 
This was another really fun one. USC on the road, another come from behind win over Arizona. Keaton Slovis, um, I don't know what it is. With Slovis, I swear, he looks pretty mediocre for like the first two, two and a half quarters, and then he starts to put it together. Another game-winning drive. Um, man, Arizona came so close to pulling the upset on this one. Uh, and again, Arizona has some good players. Um, you know, they had Tony Fields transfer. They had uh, Colin Schooler transfer. But they got a nice, uh, I think he's a sophomore? Yeah, sophomore quarterback in Grant Gannell. 6'6", 240, just kind of able, you know, a little bit of a dual threat guy. He can run a bit. Um, but, you know, three touchdowns. But the running back, Gary Brightwell, 21 uh, for 112. You know, he's filling in for J.J. Uh, Taylor. Uh, and he is the complete opposite of J.J. Taylor. J.J. Taylor was like 5'6", like um, 170 pounds, kind of a speed guy. Gary Brightwell, 6'1", 220, bit of a power type running back. Uh, but, you know, what sucked for Arizona was their left guard, Donovan Lai, who I've talked about. Uh, he was playing a left tackle for them last year. Moved inside the guard. He got hurt, which really sucks. Um, hope he's okay, but yeah, it looked like it was a knee injury. I haven't heard anything in terms of an update. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, easily the best of the St. Brown brothers. Uh, through two weeks, is at 14 receptions for 213. Hasn't found the end zone yet. I think that that's coming soon. He's just so fast compared to everyone else on that field. Uh, he's got some next level speed. Um, and then, I mean, USC, they got some, they got some good good players on defense. They got uh, Marlon uh, Tui Pelotu, Drake Jackson, who we're going to talk about a lot next year. He had two sacks. Uh, Nick Figueroa, one of their linebackers, had a good game. Uh, Talanoa Hufanga, he had another good game. Uh, we finally got to see uh, Pale Neotete, uh, the fourth. Uh, he did okay. Um, I think he was coming back from an injury. Uh, but yeah, Hufanga got an interception. Like, USC... They're 2-0, but they, they probably shouldn't be. They're probably like a 1-1, 0-2 team, if we're being honest with ourselves. Um, moving on, we had Liberty spanking Western Carolina 58-14. Listen, I didn't watch this game, uh, but I do know that Malik Wills... Sorry, Malik Willis. I would say Malik Wills. Uh, Malik Willis, the quarterback, 14-19, 306, three touchdowns, two more touchdowns on the ground. Hugh Freeze is just going to go back to the Power Five, probably back to the SEC. Maybe he's going to end up at uh, South Carolina. They had their uh, coaching vacancy open up. So maybe he, uh, he takes a job in Columbia. But yeah, he's, he's not sticking around at Liberty for too long. Now this next one. This was a fun game to watch. I watched the second half of this game. Uh, Northwestern was pulling away from Purdue, and the Boilermakers clawed their way back in. Listen, neither of these teams could run the ball at all. Uh, Isaiah Bowser was the leading rusher uh, in this game with 27 yards on 13 carries. So we're not exactly talking prolific rushing attacks. Um, but yeah, I, Purdue had to throw the ball quite a lot. Aiden O'Connell, 51 pass attempts, which if you're asking Aiden O'Connell to throw it 51 times, there's a problem. I want to talk about Xander Horvath. Now, that's a name you probably haven't heard. It's the junior running back uh, for Purdue. Big, bulk and white dude in the backfield that they've got. 
He's 6'3", 230, hometown kid. Um, you know, there was another Purdue Boilermaker that, uh, back in the day that wore 40, and that was Mike Allstott. He, he's like, he looked a bit like Allstott there. He was busting tackles, not while he was running the ball, because, again, only got 10 carries, only 21 yards. Nine catches for 100 yards for this big fullback-looking dude. Um, yeah, he... I did not expect that game coming from him. He's probably going to be, if he go. I mean, he's a junior, but if he has an NFL future, it's probably as an H-back. You know, there are certain teams that uh, that use that, and, you know, uh, that position. You're talking about your San Francisco's, your Denver's, that those types of teams. Oakland, um, even a little bit of Kansas City. But it became very clear that Northwestern was... Uh, Dead set on stopping the run, forcing Aiden O'Connell to throw, and when he did throw, taking away David Bell. David Bell, nine catches, 78 yards, didn't find the end zone. Ultimately, Purdue's comeback came just short. Uh, Peyton Ramsey has this team at 4-0. Listen, this is a completely different Northwestern team than we watched last year and we made fun of on this very podcast on almost a weekly basis. Peyton Ramsey is night and day compared to uh, Hunter Johnson or really anyone that Northwestern threw out there at quarterback last year. That team was so bad. But, yeah, they're they're 4-0 this year. They're one of the few undefeated teams left. Uh, but, you know, got to see how, uh, how they finish. It's not about how you start. It's how you finish. And, you know, Pat Fitzgerald has got this team playing pretty well. To the surprise of a lot of people. It's showing them maybe last year was a bit of an anomaly. Uh, I think we got one more game to talk about. Yeah, we got Louisiana Lafayette just destroying uh, South Alabama 38-10. to uh, Billy Napier is probably going to be leaving uh, Louisiana Lafayette soon. Just on the grounds that he's just too good of a coach to be in the fun belt. Sorry. Sorry to those involved in the Sun Belt, but Billy Napier is too good of a coach to be in that conference. Again, later week in terms of the college football slate, but that's what happens when there are so many games postponed or canceled. Uh, Just a couple of quick thoughts on the NFL games from last week, and then I'm going to get out of here. You know, we didn't talk about, uh, there was no second episode last week. Uh, just due to scheduling delays, uh, I, we both had some things come up. But yeah, the Colts beat the Titans. Uh, the Browns and Texans was an incredibly boring game. You could say the same thing about the Lions and and the Washington football team. Um, yeah, if, if the Lions had lost that game, you could have fired Matt Patricia and no one would have cared. Uh, the Jags almost upset the Packers because the Packers played down to their competition. Uh, the Eagles did play down to their competition and lost by 10 points to, of all people, Daniel Jones. 27-17, Philly didn't even allow a passing touchdown, but still loses to the Giants. That was pathetic. Uh, the Broncos got just annihilated, and a lot of people are calling for uh, the Broncos to make a QB switch or look in the draft for a QB. Uh, they're not really going to be in a position to get one. They're three and six. Translate that out to a 16-game schedule. They're still probably out of the range of any of the top four, which at that point just stick with Locke. Um, The Seahawks went from first place in the NFC West down to third. They lost to the Rams and the Cardinals won on the most insane 
uh, catch from DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, the NFC West is still the de- uh, deepest division in the NFL. Um, Steelers didn't play down to competition for the first time in, I think, forever by beating the Bengals by 26. Uh, it started monsooning in the Sunday nighter, uh, conveniently just in time for the Ravens to try to put together a game-winning drive, and then it completely stopped. I don't know what Bill Belichick, you know, what deal he made with the weather, but yeah, uh, as a result, Patriots pulled the upset over the Ravens, and I, I mean, their season's still done. They're not going to catch up with the Dolphins or the, um... Buffalo Bills. Couldn't think of them for a second. And then the Monday Nighter was a absolute snooze fest. Uh, Vikings win 19-13. to That's going to do it for today. Uh, a little short one for you. Uh, again, just riding solo. You do not need to hear my voice for an hour straight. I don't even want to hear my voice for an hour straight. That's going to do it for today. As always, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore Draft. You can find Devin at RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show at Big Shots Pod. Follow our work over at Blue Chip Scouting. Follow Blue Chip Scouting at Blue Chip Scout on Twitter. And again, remember guys, you can use the promo code BIGSHOTS, no spaces, all caps, to get 10% off your next order. Until next time, guys, take it easy.